This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Hello out there and welcome to episode 70 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. My name is Mike Sedita and we are joined today by the founder of Aptatious, Dr. June. Dr. June, how are you doing today? Life is good. How are you? Life is not bad until the afternoon rains come and then uh, it'll everything washes away and we get to start over again. <laughs> so I don't know how familiar you are with the Good Neighbor podcast and just so the people that are listening get an idea of who we are and what we do and why we do it. The Good Neighbor podcast was established back in 2020 in the middle of COVID when people couldn't get face to face with one another and businesses and charities and philanthropic groups couldn't get their message out to the community. A gentleman by the name of Charlie McDermott in Southwest Florida started the Good Neighbor podcast. And over the last three years, it's grown into a national podcast. We like to say that we are a national podcast with a local audience. And I am fortunate enough to be the person here in Tampa that gets to talk to people like yourself and learn about what they do. So with that said, tell us a little bit about Aptatious. Aptatious, the first part, A-P-T, apt, stands for Accentuate Positive Thinking. And so Aptatious is, kind of my husband kind of made that up. He was eating something delicious. And I was like, what are we going to call the conference? And he said, oh, Aptatious. And so that's how that came about. But um, that's, apting again is uh, Accentuate Positive Thinking. Aptatious is living that positive lifestyle. So how much of a royalty does your husband get every time somebody says the name? Is it like Pavarotti <laughs> whenever somebody says three-peat? Does your husband get a little vig every time? Hey, listen, he gets to live with me. What more could you ask for? You know what? Okay. Touche. <laughs> well played. I can, I can kind of roll with that. So tell us, you know, a little bit about your journey. How do you get into this? Is this more of a... Um, a, a lifestyle? Is it a, more of a therapeutic thing? And how do you start to live your life this way where you can help people to live the life that they want to live? It's actually both. It's a little therapeutic. It was for me, which is why I started it. And then it turned into a lifestyle. But um, sad story, even though this is good news, sad story. Um, there were six, actually the TEDx on this, there were eight people in my family. Now there's only three. Um, my dad first, my sister, I saw my dad take his last breath. My sister, suddenly all of us was like, you know, where is she? Where is she? We couldn't, you know, cause we normally talk to her every day and she had suddenly passed. And then, um, within a year, my oldest brother, my oldest sister and my mom and my mother-in-law. Wow. Yeah. So Aptatious is like finding the positive, the silver lining, and because we can get inundated with the negatives of life and not be able to move forward. So therefore, looking at what we still have, appreciating what we still have, realizing that anybody who has gone on before us would like for us to still live a happy life, that is how Aptatious came about. So is this born of your life struggles that have occurred and you said, hey, look, this is how I'm going to turn it around with this positive mindset? Or is it that combined with um, an actual psych- uh, psychological, clinical background to get to this point? Well, it was personal with my lifestyle, but also because I did, I used to do family um 
counseling and I still do lifestyle counseling and relationship coaching. And I, that was something even prior to this happening in my life, I would tell people that they need to try to find the positive and not live in the past of the bad things that happen. You have people in relationships and they're still holding on to that negative thing. Forget that, move on to the next relationship. And so then that just kind of, when this happened to me, I really had to learn to live that lifestyle for myself. And, you know, obviously you've already established your husband is like the, you know, the backbone here. He's, he's kind of got the whole thing established for you. I'm, I'm being facetious. But <laughs> he, um, you obviously are, are, are connected in that relationship arrangement. Is a lot of this, like, you're, does this type of thing galvanize you with your other siblings? Does it help you to, like, I guess what I'm getting at is, the, the garden variety, the, the everyday person that you're mainly talking to, is it a lot of uh, significant other relationships? Is it sibling relationships? No, no. Who are the people you're, you're kind of coaching in this regard the most? Whoever, whoever needs it. I mean, I, relationships are not just, a lot of people think it's just romantic. Relationships are just not romantic. It's friendships. It's um, work relationships. I mean, my most recent client, it was a communication issue at work and how to deal with that. So it's all types of relationships or situations that I deal with. My very first coaching, my actually very two first coaching uh, clients, they were having issues with friendships and they were trying to learn how to resolve that. And um, I had to teach them that you can't try to get something. What's that expression? You can't, I don't know, something about you can't squeeze something out of a tomato. I don't know what it is. Can't anyway, get water from a rock? A rock or whatever. So it's like, yeah, stop trying to trying to get something from somebody who's not willing to give it to you. Well, I mean, you, you make a really good point in that every interaction we have in the course of a day, from me waking up and... Uh, being at a traffic light with the guy next to me who maybe drove too slow to the person who I get my coffee from to the sibling to the significant other they're all relationships Mm -hmm. in some sort of interaction and varying degrees obviously but you know there are people I know people personally that let their day positively or negatively get affected by Mm -hmm. a brief a brief blow-by encounter with somebody and the, the thing I'm thinking of is is road rage, right? Like yes. there are people that let their entire day get ruined because they can't get to the traffic light faster than the guy. People who get killed from over road rage, it's crazy. Right. So, like teaching people some of those per- interpersonal interactions and how to get through the day without kind of accumulating a lot of the the things that bog people down. I mean, that's a, that's an invaluable tool to be able to provide. And I call it coping being able. Aptatious is in my opinion, a coping skill. And there have been people that I've worked with that were not very positive because of things that have happened in their life. And over years they have dwelt, dwelled, sorry, in that negative space, thinking about, what happened, um, not what they should have gotten. Right. Yes. And so when we have worked, um, when they have come to like a conference or even taught done one-on-one their friends or their peers and their families have said, 
what happened to you? <laughs> so, and they would say, I become aptatious because they had to realize that I have to now stop worrying about what happened and living in that negative past and start thinking about what is happening right now. I was talking to a lady and she said, um, I said something about being blessed and she goes, um, God is not blessing me right now. And I said to her, are we sitting under your roof, eating food, still breathing? Um, what do you call that? <laughs> is that not, I mean, maybe there are some issues in your life. Yes, we have problems, but that does not mean that there's um, something else that's happening that is good in your life. Well, yeah, that's definitely part of it. But again, you don't like the thing I think of when you say that is it's about perspective, right? Like everybody, mm -hmm. the person you're talking about, and I'm thinking of a particular person in my life that always looks at what I have versus what mm -hmm. they have. Mm -hmm. And that envy is the thing that drives them negatively. Um, and then the flip side of that is, you know, when someone says, if someone said something like that to me, the way I take it, like I've always lived by, like to, to each his own. Like, look, I know your 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 goal is to help people to live in a better in a better positioning in their life, but like I hear that and I think to myself, well, maybe she is an atheist, or maybe she just she doesn't have a loving God in her life or some sort of higher power. Well, she's not an atheist. That's the reason I said that to her. Oh, okay, I, mean, I know okay. people that are atheists, so and it's just you know, a so that would be a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> for her, I knew her situation, and you're right. Um, to each his own. If you come to me and you want help, then that's different. But if you know what I, if but if you didn't come to me and I'm telling you this, that is a, that's a different situation. But if you're coming to me to help, if you're coming to my event, clearly you want to get what I'm about. So that's a different story. Okay, so let me ask you this question. When you were a young lady and you are on the playground with your friends, when you're say, let's pick a, an age then, like 13ish, and Jane and Johnny are having a fight in the playground, boyfriend and girlfriend, pulling each other's hair and throwing rocks at each other or whatever little kids do around that age. Were you the friend in the playground going, now, Jane, the reason no. he's pulling your hair, were you yeah. like, how did you get into this? Do you, I do, do not get involved in that. If they want to fight, that's them. You have to come to me for help. If they're having their own little issue, I don't get involved in, in personal relationships. Like okay, that. But, but what I'm asking you is, how do you get to this point? Did you were you always the person that tried to help people? Were you did, did you go to school to be a psychologist? Did you like what gets you to the point here where you are? I was always I was always the helpful um, friend. I was always more mature than my age. In fact, in middle school, they used to call me mom because, you know, they said I acted so mature. Um, and then that's I, what I was, that's what I was trying I, to get. At. I turned around when I was supposed to be mature. I was acting like I was a teenager. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> does that, too, though. I mean, that's human, you know. But yeah, I was always helpful. And yes, I did go to school um, for psychology. I do have a, a degree in mental health counseling. So, okay. So, um, and then up until this point before Aptatious, did you work like, um, I don't know. I, I don't even know how that is when you're like doing psych, you know, like mental health help. Is it in a hospital, in like a rehab? Like, have you- No, I worked- no, I did. I worked. I worked for an organization, and um, I did family counseling, and they would come in for help. Gotcha. 
Okay, so you've kind of seen the the underbelly, the the you know the the worst of the worst type stuff where people are coming in like that. Um, is it is it more rewarding to? And again, I'm throwing out hypothetical scenarios. You might not have ever had something like this, but is it more rewarding to you to help somebody out of a tragic situation so that they could actually get back to a normal life? Um, I mean, I, I guess that's got to be rewarding. I, I'm trying to like compare it to like like a young, a, a, an adolescent coming to you and you helping them to get their life on track, or like someone who lost their mom in their 50s that is trying to kind of deal with the 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 loss. I mean, both have to be rewarding. Are there different levels to the way uh, that makes you feel from from a therapeutic standpoint? There is not. There is not. If um if if anybody, regardless of their situation, whether it's minor and they just need a little help with self-esteem to feel better, or if it's something major, they're going through um, breast cancer, whatever it is, is if if the person can feel better, then I think that it's equally rewarding because everybody has their own level. What may be extremely stressful to one person may not be extremely stressful to the other. So that's why it's like anytime anybody can feel good because whatever their level of stress is comparison to somebody else, then that's rewarding. Yeah. I mean, I, I just look at everybody's psychological, everybody's psychological makeup is different, right? I talk about fight or flight. Like I know my brother and I are eight years apart. My brother is way more intelligent than I am. Like he, his intelligence level is, is much more um, advanced than I am. But from a standpoint of being able to cope and deal with difficult situations, I've always been able to handle that stuff better where he kind of either gets angry or frustrated or whatever it is where he can't handle some of that stuff. So it's just fascinating to me how two people – born from the same two people, brought up in the same house, can have drastically different approaches to their normal everyday thing that they go through. And it's it's kind of like one of those things, right? Like it's like um if you were like when I grew up in the Northeast, but like when you wanted to make like a, a snowman, you took a snowball, you put it on a hill and you rolled it down the hill until it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I feel like that's what happens to us as as kids, we're just that little snowball, and as life happens and we roll down this hill, we slowly pick up stuff, and it, the things we accumulate get bigger and bigger and bigger, and the problems just kind of get magnified and fall into this who we are. Yes, that can happen, too. And like you say, you can let just one thing ruin your entire day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the whole point of don't let, allow that to happen. There's so do you too much enjoyment in life that you're missing out on by being upset? Right. Because the only person like, look, the guy in the car who's holding up traffic, you're getting mad about him and having road rage. He's carrying on with his day and couldn't care less thinking about you for a second. Yet you're mm -hmm. letting it dominate your thought process. Exactly. So, and everybody you, has different personalities. So, you know, like you and your brother is like different. Yeah, extremely. I have. Well, I had two brothers and my one brother passed away, but all three of us. Like you couldn't have three polar opposite people <laughs> on the planet. And, you know, again, same upbringing. I mean, they were both a little older than me. I was sick. They're six and eight years older than me. So they were close in age. But just the dynamic is just crazy how that kind of affects people. Do you incorporate um, 
any type of meditation type stuff into your coping and the things you do? Or is it more like a dialogue to address issues to work through them? It's a dialogue. I mean, you know, I recommend whatever it is that you feel um, options, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. There are options that are written down that are given and meditation is one of them. Yoga, if that's something that, you know, you feel that can help you relax and feel better. You know, it's funny because every family unit handles things differently, right? Like my mom, my dad was Italian, my mom was German Irish. My mom was, you know, and whether that's right characteristic or not, she was very direct. So we were three boys when we were doing something, even though my brothers were six and eight years older than me, it was like, get in there. Don't take that from your brothers. And if we were doing something wrong, it was addressed. And we we were very well aware of the things that we were doing that were not copacetic with what was expected. And then there's other family dynamics where people do stuff and it's kind of like, ah, we don't want to rock the boat. We kind of mm-hmm. kicked the can down the road. And I always felt it was, I mean, and again, it's just because of the way I was brought up. I always felt it was better to like, look, we have a problem here. Let's mm-hmm. hash it out, say what we got to say. Maybe it's agreeing to disagree, but then at least the air is clear and we can carry on. If you don't do that, it's almost like everybody's carrying around this. I should have said this and I should have said that. And it makes it, for me, it feels like it makes it worse. I tell people that all the time, especially in romantic relationships, when he says, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. When you know you're lying, just say what's wrong, get it out of the way and move on. (laughs) So I definitely agree with that because then when you harbor and then something happens and it's like, you react over reacting. Yeah. That's because you never dealt with that small thing that could have been done with and you could have been fine. Yeah. My, my ex-father-in-law used to call that gunny sacking the other part. Like, <laughs> sitting there and holding on to it. Like something ticks you off one day. You don't say anything. You throw it in the sack. Something ticks you off the next day. You throw it in the sack. And then all of a sudden something comes up and you're like throwing things exactly. at them out of the sack and drilling that's them with every little thing from six months ago. So, uh, so yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely <laughs> appreciate the upfront and directness. So let me ask you this. A lot of the stuff you're dealing with is heavy emotional conversation. I mean, you're, you're dealing day to day in a lot of heavy emotional not stuff. Not always, not always. I mean, okay, I so, it could be as something as simple as, you know, a person doesn't have good self-esteem or, you know, something okay. simple like that, or, you know, they had a, a breakup, but it wasn't like a, a bad breakup. They're just, you know, trying to figure out how to move on. Next so move, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but even though, okay, so even if that's not heavy emotional stuff, it is feelings. All of those mm-hmm. things are feelings, on a, you know, that you're helping people to cope with one way or another. So when you're not doing that, what do you and your husband do to let off steam? I mean, do you guys have kids? Do you have dogs, pets, cats, fish? What do you guys do yeah. in your, in your <laughs> we, off time? We just we just enjoy ourselves. I mean, we'll go, hey, we happy to take a road trip. We just yell out to each other, road trip. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just do whatever we feel like we want to do at the time. Have a and dance what, party, you know. Yeah. A little dance party? Just, yeah, we just, you know, whatever we feel like at the moment. Okay, so two questions off of that. Dance party, 
what is the go-to playlist? Is it R and B? Is it disco? Is it heavy metal? What are you guys listening to when you it's go to the dance? It's a little bit of everything. The only thing that's not on the dance party list is heavy metal. Um, and I know it's it was, tough to dance to. It's tough to dance to, and that's what you know. My husband says, and so um, in certain. Um, What's, what is it? It's not R&B, but certain, you know, like rap songs, they're hard to dance to. Yeah, but everything really... else is on there. Country, pop, rock, R&B, the whole nine yards. Okay. And then the second question off of that is, uh, today's Thursday. So, uh, well, whenever this airs, but today we're, we're recording on Thursday. So this weekend, you guys are hanging out and we say, all right, road trip. Where's a do you guys have a go to like do you just drive to Orlando? Do you like to go to the beach? Do you like to go to Atlanta? Do you like to go to Miami? We'll just decide, we'll decide at that time. Like, well, like this weekend, I have an event. I don't know if you know, I'm having a big conference on Saturday, okay? But, um, in general, we're we like we decide, okay, where do we want to go? It might depend on like one time we were in Orlando. And we're like, oh, there was this place that I like in South Florida that sells ribs. So we're like, oh, let's go spend a night in South Florida and get the ribs. So it just depends. All right, that I can. All right, it's <laughs> road trip and food. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So as we start to wrap this up a little bit, if I'm, I mean, you can touch so many different lives with the work that you do. Um, what would be the what would you say to someone right now who's listening to this that's going, you know, I don't know where my life is going or I don't know where my next relationship is or you know what the guy at work who copies the copier pisses me off. What's the thing they need to know about you that gets them to say, "Hey, we need to contact Dr. June." There's two things that I just want to answer regarding it. Number one, own how you feel. So you said if you know that you're stressed, I say own it because if you own something that's broken down, you repair it like your refrigerator because you don't want your food to go bad. So you're owning that. And so you realize there's something. So then there's an opportunity for you to fix it. That is um, the first thing. The second first, that's the first step of every 12 step program is admitting Mm -hmm. there's a problem is the only way to get past the problem. So it it Mm -hmm. kind of falls in line with that type of thinking. Yes. And then the second thing is write down what it is that you would like to see happen. So, I mean, coming to me is this is what I would like to see happen. How do I make it happen? Well, that's that something those- that's called kick your butt, B-U-T. Um, and it's because, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I want this butt or I can't do this, want to do this. But so it's like kick your butt. Kick Let's your butt. talk about that. So that's I'd why love I to do whatever, but get rid of the mm-hmm. butt, kick the butt. Exactly. So now I don't know when exactly this is going to air. I know you said you have an event coming up this weekend. We'll try to see if we could turn this around faster so it's out there so you could use it. But if we cannot, um, what is the best way for people to contact you? You have a you have a website. I know I looked at your website. Um, uh, the website Hall. you have mm-hmm. um, But if people need to look at your calendar of events and all that, they can find all that at drjunehall.com? Yes. 
And that's yes. the best point of entry. Like if someone then wants to schedule some one-to-one time yes. with you, they could do it there as well. And I can give you, I can also give you um, my email address, which is so easy, junehall250.com. But yeah, drjunehall.com, it tells the different things that are, are going on. And you can also um, schedule a one-on-one. Excellent. And then from, there's no phone number. The easiest way to get you is to just go through the site. Yes. I mean, I've, I've looked at it. There's, I mean, it is very robust. It has your socials. It has your YouTube. It has all that stuff on there. So people can mm-hmm. easily figure out who you are and know if they want to come see you. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're, you're having a problem with your coworker or your problem in your relationship, or, you know, you don't know where you're going next in life and you're you just kind of need a little bit of a help drawing up the roadmap. You want to contact Dr. June, you can go to her website. It is drjunehall.com. Dr. June, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon on the Good Neighbor Podcast. You have a great day. You do the same. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passcode. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's GNP. Pasco.com or call 813-922-3610.